They just did it. They decided that they're going to make it work with the time that they have. So that is the number one thing is kind of like you got to do like a thought audit on yourself. Like how much time are you spending all day long talking about complaining, telling yourself how busy you are and how much time you don't have? Because that literally is creating your reality. Welcome back to the You Need a Counselor podcast. This is a show presented by Heart and Solutions Counseling Agency. We release new episodes every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central and encourage you to batch up that laundry, put away the dishes, plan for the week ahead, or do any other task that might seem daunting while you give our show a listen. You might just be encouraged to call your therapist, connect with this week's guest, or seek out those services you've been considering for a while but haven't made the commitment to yet. If you are in the state of Iowa and are in need of mental or behavioral health counseling, give us a call at 1-800-531-4236. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to You Need a Counselor podcast. My name is Dr. Julie Johnson. I'm the president and founder here at Heart and Solutions Counseling Agency in Iowa. And I'm Krista Hunt. I am our vice president in charge of our behavioral health department. And this is our podcast, You Need a Counselor. So we are a podcast designed for people curious about counseling, but have barriers keeping them from experiencing the benefits of counseling. Our mission is to share stories about counseling, good, bad, and indifferent, and spread the message that everyone can benefit from mental health and behavioral health counseling services. All right. It is the new year. And around this time of year, a lot of people start thinking about lifestyle. A lot of people start thinking about health. A lot of people start thinking about dieting and weight loss and muscle building and reading more and all of the things, drinking more water, all of the things that we're we're supposed to do throughout the year. Uh, And a lot of people start thinking about those things around the end of December, around the beginning of January. And it's created this kind of diet culture uh, where it's, it's a start and a stop and a start and a stop. And so many of us find ourselves so frustrated with these ideas. We feel frustrated with making New Year's resolutions and hearing about other people's New Year's resolutions. Uh, when really what we want to have is that maintainable, healthy lifestyle throughout the year, whether it is June 1st or January 1st, we want to be able to have those those habits in place uh, and that mindset in place to be able to keep ourselves keep ourselves able and willing to take care of ourselves throughout the year, our physical bodies as well as our mental health uh, and and our wellness in general. And so our guest today is Elena Nicole from Elena Nicole Health. She is a formal former personal trainer. Um, She is a business coach and she is a certified health and life coach. Um, She helps female entrepreneurs and executives with their their ability to take care of themselves, their their mindset when it comes to incorporating movement, incorporating nutrition, and uh, and all of the things that really matter to keeping our bodies and our minds well. Uh, so Elena, it's so great to have you here, and especially at the beginning of the year when we're hearing all of these like join the gym now, right? Kinds of messages. Uh, We're just so excited to have you here to really talk about what it means to have that maintainable 
healthy lifestyle. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Even this morning, I had like myself as someone who does this had like five new emails about something to join. So yes, it is everywhere right now. Absolutely. It is. I mean, we hear it on the radio when we're at the mall, right? And we hear it in the car and every podcast uh, has commercials about, you know, new year, new you and all of Mm -hmm. these things. And uh, how do we, uh, as especially as as females uh, and especially as professionals, how do we combat some of those uh, messages that we're receiving, especially during this time of year? Yeah, I think it really depends on kind of your goals and what you want. I don't think all of those things are necessarily bad. I think it's more the way, like the intention that we have behind them when we go to approach them. You know, I of course... I'm all about going to the gym. I have a gym membership. A lot of my clients go to gyms or work out at home. So at one point I did, you know, take one of those offers on. So I don't think they're always bad. I think it really comes down to like, what do you want for yourself? Is it, is it creating like a long-term lifestyle or is it more of, okay, I want to get all this weight off in a week or 30 days. And then like, you have no plan for after that. So I think what it really comes down to is thinking long-term and knowing what you want, why you want it and making the best decision for you with all of those offers. Mm -hmm. So I know you mentioned, or Julie mentioned, you were a formal personal trainer, and now you go into like the health and life coaching. Can you talk about the difference of those two and what led you to go from personal training to health? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was just personal training, I'm trying to think of one that even was, because I feel like it was forever ago now, but probably about maybe eight seven to eight years or so. I'm just going to guess. I'm not sure exactly in the time frame, but I got my personal training certification because I knew I wanted to help people with their health and just feeling better in their bodies. I had seen a lot of progress myself. Um, I had lost over 35 pounds, had been able to keep it off for, for a few years at that point after struggling with my weight for most of my life. So I knew I want to help people in some way with health. And the first thing that came to mind was personal training. That's what I saw everywhere. You know, it was actually, I I got that certification because I followed a lot of, at the time, like more fitness influencers online. And I was like, okay, that, that could be a career fit for me. So I got that certification and I started training clients. And really when you're a personal trainer, you are primarily only providing like workout routines. Um, And usually if you're an in-person personal trainer at that point, I think more were you're you're with them in the gym you're showing them how to use machines proper form proper technique and like customizing a workout for them to to achieve the goals that they desire so that is really really your kind of your wheelhouse your scope of work sometimes we do um you know coach or help on with nutrition but really not too much because as a personal trainer your your focus is the physical fitness part so as i was doing that i my clients were talking to me about all the life things, of course, like while they're out doing their cardio or they're lifting their weights, they're asking me about the nutrition, like really wanted to deep dive into that. And I just realized there's so much more to, to so many more pieces to the puzzle. I knew that from my own journey, but also as I was talking with clients, I wanted to be able to help them navigate, you know, through their, their, um, maybe challenges that they were having in their lives that were very stressful or actually really help them understand nutrition, 
educate them more on all of those things. So I'm like, okay, what else can I do? Like, uh, how else can I educate myself, get a certification, whatever's needed to feel like I can do more of that. So after, at that point, that is when I got certified as a health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, Nutrition, which is a very holistic health coaching program. Um, we, it's, it's lifestyle, it's nutrition. There is some talk about, you know, movement and exercise and all of that, but it's really looking at all the pieces of our life and how can we really holistically help someone be the healthiest and best version of themselves. So that is where like kind of the second step was getting certified there. So then I was helping clients with guests with physical fitness, as well as, you know, the more of the nutrition, really doing that deep dive into their overall lifestyle. And then over the past, I would say three to four years, I myself have gotten very, very involved with life coaching and the concepts be more uh, of a deep dive into mindset and how, you know, you two know very well, like how our thinking drives all things and really behind the psychology of eating and all of that. And I wanted additional tools to be able to use as I was working with my clients to combine with the others. So the last kind of leg of my journey was getting certified as a life coach. So now I really feel that I have the well-rounded experience, background, certifications, education to be able to help someone in all of those areas, if that makes sense. So what kinds of interventions or, or tools do you help your clients use uh, that that pertain to the life coaching aspect, the mindset aspect of their, their wellness? Yeah, so I think to start off is, is um, you know, the whole goal setting process, like, yes, it's about what do we want to accomplish, whether it's some people, you know, do want to lose 10 pounds or they want to, you know, improve health in a certain way. So it's, it's starting there, but going a little bit deeper with it, like, like, why do we really truly want that and getting into like the thinking behind it? Like, are there any limiting beliefs that are there that we have to navigate through before we can actually even make progress to where you want to go, helping them create an overall vision for their life that they actually then we have a practice of regular visualization of like what they actually want to accomplish so they can actually step into that identity sooner rather than later. So it's kind of incorporating some of those things in addition to like more of the surface level, like goal setting, like I want to lose 10 pounds. So it kind of starts there, helping them really identify their true source of intrinsic motivation is a really big one because a lot of times I have clients come to me and they'll say something like, oh, my doctor said I should lose weight or, you know, my so-and-so thinks I, you know, would look better 30 pounds later. I don't like to hear that at all because I have a whole lot of thoughts on that, but, um, you know, Sometimes people are, you know, my kids, I want to be healthy for my kids. And it's like, okay, but when you think that, how do you feel? Because our feelings are the fuel for every single thing that we do. So that's where like, I really dive deep with them there. Like we want to create an intrinsic motivation for them that is literally going to get them out of bed in the morning. That is literally going to help them maybe have that, you know, one piece of pizza versus six or whatever it is. So we spend a lot of time on identifying that, that source of intrinsic motivation for them, in addition to helping them develop some strategies around when it's not there, because sometimes motivation literally isn't there. And I have been doing this for a very long time for myself. And I always say, I'm like naturally motivated, like 5% of the time I get up to work out at 545. I do not jump out of bed with a smile on my face and motivation. We have to learn how to rely on like commitment and drive. And those are some of the things that I teach my clients to do, which all comes back to the way that we're thinking. We want to start what I call thought habits. Like how can we start to develop those sentences, those thoughts ahead of time? So we have them ready in the morning. I always give that example just because it's so like um, close to home for me. I think about it every day. When we wake up, we're so tired. We don't want to do it. How can we have those thought habits ready to create the commitment, to create that drive for us that we eventually can overcome, override some of those ones that are natural, more in our subconscious to do those things. So those are two ways really with the goal setting, the motivation. Um, the other piece is really big is overcoming obstacles along the way. So it's really easy to find a plan. We could literally go online and probably in five minutes, find 50 workout and eating plans. Really easy to do. The hard part is following them. 
The hard part is actually being consistent with them after the first week, the little, the honeymoon phase, um, you know, that happens even with workouts and, and, and eating healthy. Cause we're all excited in the beginning. And then it's like, Oh, this is kind of like annoying and inconvenient and hard. And like, getting over those humps, that is where like, it's all mindset because we trace it back to when you get to that moment. I always say it's a thought, not a thing, because if something comes up, say you have to stay at work late or, you know, your kids have activities, your kids are sick and you can't get to the gym, whatever it is. We have to trace it back to that exact moment. What is happening in our brain? What are we thinking there that is then preventing us from taking the actions that we want to be taking or need to be taking? Because it's always, like I said, a thought, not a thing so it's like you get home late and our thoughts usually are oh I this is not going to work for me oh I can never go to the gym now and I knew this wasn't good like it's all that stuff and we tend to spiral and then usually just throw it all out the window so it's like helping them figure out what is that exact pivot point that moment that they either could go in one direction or the other and a lot of times we go left when we want to go right and helping them start to identify that so then they can redirect sooner rather than later yeah. You mentioned thought habits and like putting that into place like the night before to help you like get up early, which I feel like is a lot of a barrier for a lot of people. Can you give yeah. some examples of what those thought habits are that you have people like think or say to themselves to kind of help with that? Sure. So the one that I use a lot, and at least most of the time when I mention this to clients, they're like, oh yeah, I like, I like that one. So again, back to in the morning and I, I actually use this all the time. It's thinking about like, I'm going to feel so much better after I do this. Like literally putting yourself in the mindset of you walking out of the gym, of you after you put down the second piece of pizza because you're like, no, I'm full. I'm going to feel so much better if I don't have this. And then visualizing that, visualizing you if you have the third piece or if you don't and you stop because it allows you to really think through your decision versus just eating it and then thinking about it after. So that's one of them is I'm going to feel so much better if I do this and, and actually visualizing each ending to the story. The second one is um, like I committed to this and I'm doing it or I'm someone who follows through with my commitments because it's again, all about that identity shift. And a lot of times when I start working with people and even myself, we didn't follow through with our commitments, but we were not consistent people. We didn't consider ourselves disciplined. So it's like, starting to train yourself to think like someone who does, who is. And so those can be helpful, but those are just a few examples. Um, but I would say the biggest one is like, I'm thinking about how you're going to feel. So like, I'm going to feel so much better if I do this. I'm not going to like how I feel if I don't do this. Yeah. And the, the, it's a thought and it's not a thing concept. I love this uh, because we are, those thoughts are so automatic sometimes mm -hmm. and those automatic negative thoughts, they come in and they sound like the truth. They're in yeah. our own voice or they're in the voice or phrasing or sound of somebody that we care about. Um, and so they sound like the truth. They sound like, well, there's no arguing that. Of course, uh, I'm too tired from staying up late last night to wake up now, right? Of course, I'm uh, too exhausted from work, right? This this uh, customer was so rude and my boss is so annoying, right? And all of these things that come into our, our minds, yeah. uh, they sound like the truth. And so being able to identify them as, oh, okay, that that's a thought that I'm having. That's a feeling that I'm having. And the uh, being able to differentiate between the thoughts and the feelings uh, is so powerful. So being able to say, okay, well, what is, what is the thought I'm going to have leaving the gym, right? Uh, and what is the feeling I'm going yes. to have? So the thought might be, 
oh, I'm so glad that I did that, right? Or the thought might be, oh, good, now I don't have to do that again today, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, oh, good, I'm done with that for the day. Uh, and then that feeling of either pride or relief uh, of not having that kind of way on the day, yeah. um, it, it really does speak to identity. Yeah, and I always encourage people to, as you're, the first time you go, you go to the gym, the third time, the fifth time, whatever time it is, literally sit in that when you're feeling it. When you're feeling that pride or you walk out, like I've, I hear this all the time, when you walk out and you're just like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. Even though it was hard or maybe even it was a struggle that day, you, I've never heard anyone say, I'm so mad I went to the gym today. I'm so mad I didn't overeat last night. Like it doesn't happen. So it's like anytime you do recognize that you are feeling that way or you're having those thoughts and you're just kind of on a high because you did something really good for yourself. You follow through with it, sit in it and embrace it and literally like bottle that up for the future. Whether you're putting it in the notes in your phone, whether you're writing it on a notebook, whether you literally just like feel that and, and decide you're going to think about that in the morning, whatever works for you. But that's like how I encourage people to start with that because you start to notice it and the more you can remind yourself of it, the easier it's going to be to do the things when you don't want to do them. Mm -hmm. And so I see that you mentioned you had a great counseling experience and that kind of helped lead you into now what you do with other people. Can you kind of go into your own counseling experience and how that led to this career path? Yes. So about nine or so years ago, I was pregnant with my daughter and I started to feel really depressed. Um, just really off, like not like myself. And I'm like, something is up here. And it took me forever to actually like you know, start looking for therapists and counselors because I really didn't know like how or, or if I needed to or what, but eventually I did it because I'm like, I got to do something. Um, it took me quite a while to find the one that was a fit for me and one that was good for me. But when I did, it was honestly so amazing. And I didn't even know, I guess like what I was missing before I did it. Um, and I would say that the, the best thing that I experienced in those sessions was sitting down and slowing down and becoming aware of what I was thinking all day about all the things. And that is what led me into a lot of the things I talked about today, because back then it was before I started personal training, but as I got into coaching, it all just kind of made so much sense together. If that makes sense. Like as I was learning in coaching, like we have a, a thought model that we use and it's like, if I wouldn't have learned to how to become aware of my thoughts and all of that in counseling and in therapy, it would have been a lot harder to really fully understand what we, what we learn in coaching and, and apply in teaching coaching. So to answer your question, I think that was like the biggest takeaway. And what really helped me was sitting down, slowing down, someone sitting across from me and asking me the question to become aware of my thinking and like what was going on in my brain. And now I ask myself those same questions. So it's almost like you learn how to, I don't want to say counsel myself because I'm not a counselor, but you kind of start to be trained how to do that more in your day-to-day -day life. And same thing with coaching, you know, you can eventually start to coach yourself, which is really, really helpful when you're in challenging situations. So I would say that that was the biggest thing. The other really hugely helpful thing was there like a few specific moments I remember in those sessions was identifying that I was such an emotional eater. Like I literally had no idea really what that was or that I was even doing it. And I just remember talking about something and my, my, um, therapist counselor had said to me, um, it sounds like you really relate like freedom to food. And I was like, what? And I just remember leaving that session. Like, what is she talking about? And like, my eyes were just like open to all the times in my life that I felt happy or sad or stressed or free or whatever it was. And all I thought about my brain literally had this connection between freedom food, sad food. And like immediately I would go grab food. 
And I never even saw that before then. So that was such a huge turning point for me. Literally after I got out of that session, I went into my car and mindlessly pulled a bag of nuts on the middle of my center console and started eating them. And I had no idea that I even did that. Like I knew I did it, but it was like, I didn't realize like why. And it was because I laughed and was kind of like stressed and anxious and probably feeling a little bit of freedom and like was just eating. Like, so I started to identify all of these acts I was doing throughout my daily life that I didn't want to be. And it was all because of some of those like aha moments that I had in those sessions. And then the third one I would say that was biggest for me was, I think I was talking about in a session, like about being stressed and maybe it was stress eating or maybe it was something else. I don't remember. And it was basically like a reaction I was having to it that I wasn't liking, I think was, was what I was talking about. And she was like, well, why don't you just sit and feel stressed for, for a minute, like process through that emotion. And I might, I remember again, like, it was like a mind blown moment. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> we can do that. We actually like sit with emotions. Like it was like, what? So that was also so pivotal, pivotal for me. Cause now I help people do that. Cause if you can sit with your emotions and you're not afraid of your emotions, you don't eat through them. So it's just like all of those things were so, so, so key to me, to, to my journey and being able to help clients. And I had gone into therapy or in counseling because I was depressed, not even for any of those reasons. So I hope that answers your question. I kind of went off a little bit, but yeah, those were the big, big takeaways. Absolutely. I love that, that uh, you were able to identify what are those connections that those core connections that I'm making with the either behaviors or the substances in my life. And uh, freedom is a huge one. Uh, safety is a huge one. Belonging is a huge one. Connection. Uh, these are huge uh, core pieces of what we need as human beings that can get tied to so many different things. Um, and so uh, similar to how uh, smoking can be so tied to connection, um, because when we go out, we have a cigarette break, there's connection there happening. And then the act of smoking is tied to, oh, I have a need for connection, that primal desire for connection. And then we use smoking to uh, resolve that and try to fulfill that. Uh, and the same is, is true for food and alcohol and so many other uh, other ways that we try to avoid the feelings that we're having or the needs that we're having that we don't know how to fulfill or meet, uh, or when we have frustration trying to meet those needs, uh, we can go to those those substances and try to take away the the feeling of the need versus trying to feel the need. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and sitting with our thoughts and, and recognizing, sitting with our feelings and recognizing, okay, that's a thought. Okay, I'm having a feeling. What is that? <laughs> right? And what do I do with that? Sometimes, especially for those of us who are, and you uh, very obviously, Alina, are a achiever, right? You are a, you are an achiever. You are a person who gets things done. And for so many of us that use getting things done uh, as, as a coping strategy, we're able to, uh, to say, okay, well, I'm having a feeling or something's not feeling right to me. What do I do? <laughs> Sometimes that 
first, very first question, right? And so sometimes the answer to that is, I have a cigarette or I have a, a soda pop, right? Or something yeah. like that, that what do I do question? And what you're identifying here is that we don't need to ask that question. <laughs> we can, we can say, I'm having a feeling, period, uh, and not follow it up with that. What do I do? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's so beautiful what you're expressing here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always just like getting to the root. Like we want to figure out what the root is of any challenge we're having any of that before, like you said, we just do just act because then we never get to it. If we do that, we're just covering it up. Yeah. And you mentioned you work a lot with professionals and business owners, kind of like helping make time for themselves and um, taking control of their own health in that busy schedule, which I feel like is a big barrier for a lot of people. Can you yeah. just like tips for people listening who are maybe in that mindset of like, I don't have time to change or to be healthy? Well, that's exactly it. It's a mindset. Um, so I spent a couple of years working solely with business owners, um, actually doing more business coaching, but most of them ironically um, had health goals too. So we were kind of working on all of it. And now, you know, I only do health and life coaching, but I work a lot with business owners. And that's what I saw across the board is like those who were successful and were able to maintain some type of healthy lifestyle they didn't think like that in the day to day. They didn't wake up and think, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for my meetings. I'm so busy. Like they just did it. They decided that they're going to make it work with the time that they have. So that is the number one thing is kind of like, you got to do like a thought audit on yourself. Like how much time are you spending all day long talking about complaining, telling yourself how busy you're and you are and how much time you don't have? Because that literally is creating your reality. So and I literally had like groups, groups of people who were so successful and others who were not. And that was a huge difference that I saw in both of them. So that's like the first step. Second thing is we all eat. It's really easy to just make some swaps. I mean, easy, but, you know, obviously challenging, challenging in the beginning. So that takes very minimal additional time. If you eat even out every single day, say you, you order your lunch out every day because of your lifestyle, you can order something different. And I can literally keep saying literally, but take a menu from the place you're eating and I can show you five options to eat that are going to be way better for you and help you reach your goals. Now, the challenge is, again, it's a thought, not a thing, because then you're not going to want to. Well, but I really like the chicken wings. I really like it, but I don't want to sell. Well, okay. Now we're not talking about time anymore, you know? So it's like, again, you really got to drill down to what is the actual issue. And it's rarely time because there is always a way to make it work. Um, so anyone that I've, that I've worked with, like we have found ways to make it work, you know, the, swapping the eating, that's a really doesn't take much additional time. Then, then, you know, usually the second one I hear is, well, I don't have time to meal prep. We don't have to meal prep. There are ways if you're cooking dinner on Tuesday, you can make your dinner for Wednesday at the same time, or you're making double, you're switching up seasonings. That's a, that's a tip. You ask for tips. Um, so, so say Tuesday night, you're making a dinner, you're making say broiled chicken with vegetables and, um, sweet potatoes, whatever it is. So then you're going to make double chicken. You're going to make double vegetables and you're going to modify the seasonings that the sauces, maybe what you're putting it over. And that's going to be your dinner for Thursday. So you're, you're taking maybe additional few minutes and you now have a second dinner. Also repurposing your, uh, protein from the, the dinner before for your lunch the next day, you're putting it on a big bed of lettuce. We identify a few dressings that are really clean that you're going to like. Your lunch is done. You know, we don't have to have this gourmet crazy meal plan for every single week. And I see that holding people back a whole, whole lot, thinking that we do, thinking that we have to have hours to meal prep. You don't, only if you choose to. And I don't know many people who take five hours every Sunday to meal prep and do it sustainably for the rest of their life. 
without strategies for when that doesn't happen. So those are a few things. And then another one that I love to have is make it work meals is what I call. And it's things that you decide, or I work with, work with clients to depict like three meals that we can have pantry staples or like things in your freezer that you can throw together in five to 10 minutes. And that really helps when you're driving home from somewhere and you're running late or it's like eight o'clock and you wanted to eat at six and you're like, I'm just going to go through the drive-through. Well, a drive-thru takes five to 10 minutes. Uh, you know, Uber Eats or whatever it is takes longer, way longer than that. Your food's probably not going to be right. It's probably not going to taste that good. So we can then like trick our brain to realize that I can go home and make this make it work meal in 10 minutes. I know what it's going to taste like. I can add on the sauces that I want to, and it's going to be good and way healthier for me. Then we are going to be more likely to do that. So again, what those are is really just coming up with like a couple different ingredients that you can have in your freezer or your pantry that you throw together. So one for me, I know it sounds... Um, probably not, well, I'll just say like a smoothie. And for dinner, a lot of people are like a smoothie, but you totally could have a smoothie with maybe something on the side for dinner if you chose that that was one of yours. And we really bulk it up. So we have healthy fats in there. We have a chia seeds. We have, um, you know, berries, spinach, um, all different things that we can add in there. And they're things you can keep in your pantry or your freezer and then, you know, some type of liquid. A second one is I really love is it's kind of like a fajita bowl, but it's with like black beans and you can do frozen sweet potatoes, frozen cauliflower rice, frozen broccoli. You can throw it all in a bowl, you microwave it, you put some sauces, some seasonings on it, you top it with black beans. There are a couple different sauces and things we can add on top to just make it taste even better. And that's like a five to 10 minute meal. And then the third variation of that is you can always have some type of like protein in your freezer that maybe you just cook extra of previously and you freeze it and then all you have to do is microwave it. So it's, it's like almost buying like a, a bag of frozen chicken from the grocery store, but the bag of frozen chicken has like 900 ingredients on it because it's processed and a lot of additives and preservatives. So you're making your own. Maybe on a Wednesday, you just make double chicken, you put some in a freezer bag, you put it in the freezer. So it's available for you when you get home really late, you're so hungry, you just want to eat anything in sight, but you know that you can put these five ingredients together and you're going to have a meal that you actually like, and you're going to feel good when you're done with it. Absolutely. So it's really addressing the the barriers that come up that are automatically coming up in our thoughts and really putting them under a microscope and challenging them. And so if the thought is, I don't have time, I'm so busy, well, that goes into identity because so much of uh, busyness is tied up in identity because it's tied up in importance and significance, which is a huge human need at our very base. And so we need that significance. We need that recognition, validation as human beings. And so sometimes busyness comes in as a way to try to fulfill that uh, that identity piece that we're yeah. looking for, right? I'm so busy because I'm so important, right? And things will fall apart without me. And uh, and a lot of times, you know, for for me as a uh, as a professional in uh, in this field, especially, you know, it is having to to look at that identity and say, okay it's not going to fall apart without me, right? I'm not that important. Um, I'm important in a lot of ways. I am that important in a lot of places. I am that important with my daughter. I am that important with my parents and my partner. Um, but when it comes to a lot of the other things, right, like uh, school bake sale or fundraiser, whatever it is, right, uh, I'm not the only person who can do those things. And so uh, being able to really take that deep dive into identity and what does that busyness mean? What is it serving? How is it serving me? Well, yeah. it's serving me because it makes me feel 
valid and important and like I'm contributing to society. Uh, but are there other ways to do that? Absolutely. There's a ton of them. And so being able to, what you're doing with your, with your clients, being able to say, okay, this is a way that you, that, that is actually serving you uh, to be able to identify in that way, because it's trying to fulfill that need. So another way to fulfill that need that also moves you towards your goal is to uh, maybe do your meal prepping with a group of other people or with one other person. Um, and so being able to bring connection and that usefulness in, right? So I might have a harder time if I'm trying to fulfill that need of you know, validation and, and being needed by others. I might have a harder time taking the time to double cook chicken for myself. But if I quadruple cook chicken and give some to my neighbor, Right. Or I do that and I give some to my friend or I give some to somebody else, uh, which helps them. I might have that. Uh, I'm tapping into, you know, you talked about intrinsic motivation, but I'm tapping into that external motivation that might be driving me in the beginning uh, and being able to fulfill that need um, through some, a way that also is moving me towards my goal. Mm -hmm. uh, so having those those identity pieces are, are just so important. Yeah. And do you utilize that? So, you know, you talked about sometimes people come in and their, their motivation is external, right? It's, oh, I, my partner wants this, or my, my kids need me to be this or that. Uh, how, how do you see somebody or how do you help somebody progress towards that internal motivation? Yeah, so I don't think there's anything wrong with having that as a source as long as you feel good when you think it or say it. Most most of the time when you're saying something like, well, my doctor wants me to, it's not, I can tell all over their face that it's like an obligation. And that is where I'm like, wait, let's explore that. And let's think of 10 other reasons that you want to do this if you even do. Because sometimes what I find is it's not a goal of, of theirs. It's a goal of someone else's. And we're not going to work hard to reach someone else's goal with our body. <laughs> like it's just not going to happen. So I think that's one thing is I, I have to work with them to help, to see how do you feel when you say it? Is it going to drive the, the actions you want consistently? And you can usually tell right away. The second thing is there's two exercises that we like to do in coaching. One is it's called the five whys and you, you drill it down basically five times. So if I say like, oh, I want my clothes to fit. Okay, why? And what we're really trying to get to is like the feeling they're after. Like what is the true underlying thing that they're after? And then the second thing is like setting your timer for a certain period of time and writing down all of the reasons that you actually want to accomplish this. Like I said, if you even do. And then we're going to go back and we're going to look for the ones like star the ones that you have a like you have a really like it, they ignite like an action inspiring emotion when you write them down. You feel something when you read them. And a lot of times we're surprised by some of the things we wrote down and how like strong we feel when we do read them. Those are the ones that we want to take and we want to incorporate as thought habits later on. So it, they can be both. They can totally be intrinsic, ex external, whichever. Um, it's just making sure that it's, it's actually making you feel a way that's going to uh, propel you in the direction that you want. So is your coaching usually remote or are you in-person coaching or how do people reach out to you to get started? Yeah. So 
everything can be done through my website um, or my blog. I'll give that because it has some, some resources too, like free guides and all sorts of things like that. Um, my blog is healthyandempowered.com. Um, so you can reach out. You can schedule a free consult call. We can talk through where are you at, where do you want to go. And really what I help you do is bridge that gap. We help to create a roadmap together to help you get there. Um, so that's where, you know, you can reach out to me. That's how I work. Yes, remotely um, on Zoom. If someone is local, I have done like occasional like walk and talks or coffee chats, that kind of thing. But I have mainly, I'd say like 75% of the clients I work with are not like very local to where I am. So most of what I do is on Zoom. Um, I also do have a uh, weight loss foundations course. It's basically the basics of how do we learn to eat healthy and take care of ourselves in a healthy or in a sustainable, empowering way that also contributes to weight loss. So that's available on my blog too. It's really just a starter. Like let's get the foundations down. And then, you know, if you need help with implementation, I'm there as well to help with that. Wonderful. And you've got your Facebook group as well. And that's a free group. Uh, what what can people expect to find there if they join that Facebook group? Yeah, so we do different challenges. Um, sometimes I'm just putting like tips in there, experiences from my own life. Um, you know, maybe I'm going out to dinner and I'm sharing this is what this was my experience. This is how I navigated it. So I'm doing a little bit more like behind the scenes, I guess is what that is. Um, different challenges. Sometimes I do giveaways in there. They're the first to know about different things that I'm rolling out. A lot of times I will post about, um, you know, at a Friday or something to say, okay, give me all your questions to help me create content for the next month to directly answer their questions. So they're going to get a video or a, a blog post that directly answers, you know, a question that they have. Um, so that it's more, you know, more focused, not one-on-one -on -one attention, but more focused attention than like they're going to get following me on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or something like that, where we can actually engage and communicate in there. And, you know, um, everyone is also welcome to post in there when they have challenges or, you know, need ideas for something because everyone in that group is working towards similar goals. You know, we want to build healthy long-term lifestyles. Sometimes in the beginning, again, it starts with a weight loss goal, but really the idea is to become the most healthy and empowered versions of ourselves, which is why my blog is called that. Awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned your resource guide. So you have a free seven day health reset guide on your blog as well, mm -hmm. um, which is great for right now. It's the beginning of the year and people like, yeah, yeah. Wanting Actually, to do that. Right now, Right now in my group, we're doing another challenge, which is very similar to that. It's just three days, though. Um, so, again, like those are just taking three days and or the seven days and um, going back to basics and fueling our body with the healthiest foods that we possibly can. We're not doing a juice fast. We're not doing a water fast. We are eating fruits, vegetables and proteins and healthy fats for three days, because I know I've experienced when I overdo it with the cookies or the cake or whatever it is over the holidays, you know, to few too many drinks. When I do three days of that, moving my body, getting tons of sleep, drinking tons of water, I feel so good when I'm done. So right now we're doing that actually in my Facebook group. It's available, you know, if anybody pops them later, they can always go and access it. But the seven day is semi-similar to that. It's an extended period of time. It also involves removing um, a few food groups that can be inflammatory for some people and then experimenting with putting them back in to see how we feel. So very similar, again, all focused around kind of learning more about what helps us feel our best. So then we can create that long-term lifestyle as we transition out of that. And those are both available for free. Ah, a three-day three challenge is great. So a lot of times a month-long challenge or a seven-day challenge can feel very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And a three-day challenge uh, can feel more manageable and can feel, you know, you can get that first uh, success and that for those first wins in those first three days. And you talked about uh, transitioning from those kinds of challenges into that long-term, long thinking. 
approach. So uh, for, for anybody who might be starting a challenge right now in January, whether it's a month long or, or a 90 day or, or a three day, what suggestions might you give towards the end of the challenge in order to transition that into that more long-term approach? Yeah. So what I actually suggest is before you even start the challenge right now, if you've been on it for two days, think about that now. What do you want your life to look like on day 31? What is your plan for when the challenge is over? Because that way, as you're going through the 30 days, you can start to look for different things that you're doing that are working, that how am I going to apply this after 30 days? Like, look, thinking about that the entire time is my biggest piece of advice because most people sign up for the challenge. Then on day 31, they're just like so excited because they can go eat a pizza. And it's like, no, we, we want to be thinking, how can we eat the pizza if you want to, but not in a way that is going to... Um, not in a way that's not benefiting us, you know, like let's, what do we want to change about eating that pizza that can still incorporate maybe some of the things that you're learning in the 30 days. So I would say, if you look at where you're at now and you look at what you're doing during the 30 days, depending on what kind of challenge you're doing, how, what do you want like your middle to look like? What do you want your plan that combines the two to look like that you can maintain forever or for a very long time? So that would be my biggest advice based on like kind of what you're doing. Think about it beforehand. What do you want the after to look like? Take a look at where you're at now, where you want to be, and how can you take what you're learning these 30 days and, and turn it into something that you can you can manage in the day-to-day, month-to-month. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, and if you could give a suggestion to somebody on the fence about either starting counseling or starting maybe life coaching with you, what suggestion might you give? Yeah, I mean, my biggest advice would be do it. There's nothing to lose. The only thing that you're going to get is just like so much more awareness around your blind spots. That is the biggest thing is you're going to start to learn how to think about your thinking, which controls every single thing in our life that we feel and do. So why would you not want to do it? Like now that I've got like done all of this and I'm so immersed in it, I'm, it's like honestly been life changing in the best way possible. So I would say, try it out. You know, you do one session, it's not for you. Okay. Maybe you find someone else then if that one wasn't for you, I wouldn't say even to stop, but it, there's no harm, no harm can be done in trying it out and, and just doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so great. I mean, when we get to to meet, uh, you know, life coaches and personal trainers and and all different kinds of coaches and and people who walk with people and support people. Uh, it, it's so beneficial to be able to be thinking about our team that is around us. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot about counseling, but your counselor is one person on your team and your life coach is another person on your team team. And, uh, and we previously had a trauma informed personal trainer. That's another person on your team. Uh, and so one does not detract from the other and they all come together to help support you in that specific area. Um, and so, uh, life coaching, having all of your personal training and your, uh, nutrition, uh, expertise and certification and your mindset expertise coming together in that life coaching, um, is, is such a, a beneficial piece of that support network around any given person. Uh, so I think it's just Absolutely. beautiful that, yeah, that you're doing that and, um, and that you're helping people. Now, uh, you primarily work with, with females. Is that yes. 
I have worked with a few men, but mostly women. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here, Elena. This has been really, really great. Um, I, I really like your, uh, your willingness to challenge certain thoughts or certain barriers that we might have and identifying them for what they are. And it's a thought and not a thing. Uh, what a great, what a great takeaway here as well. Uh, and I heard you say that so many times here as we've talked to you. Uh, and it's so true being able to separate our thoughts from ourselves, being able to separate our emotions from ourselves. So we know, okay, this is my identity. I am a person who shows up and does what they are committed to do. I am a person who cares about taking care of themselves. That's all identity. And then we might have thoughts any given morning. I am too tired, right? We might have a thought that tells us, I, I never follow through on things, but that's not necessarily our identity. That's not necessarily who we are. That is, that is maybe a thought that we're having or a feeling that we're having in that moment and it can be challenged uh, and should be challenged. Right. So wonderful information, Elena and Nicole. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and we can find Elena Nicole on Instagram and TikTok at Elena Nicole Health, E-L-E-N-A Nicole Health. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. I'm Elena Nicole and I need a counselor. Awesome. Awesome. Um, me too. So does Krista. <laughs> yes. We all do. Thank Absolutely. You. Um, and I'm Krista Hunt. And I'm Julie Johnson. And we need a counselor. And so do you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the You Need a Counselor podcast. We are so grateful that you're here. Now, we want to hear from you. Text us or give us a call at 515-650-3231. You can also find and connect with You Need a Counselor on Facebook and Instagram. If you've enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to like, review, or leave a comment, as all of these things help others to find and benefit from the podcast as well. If you're in the state of Iowa and interested in mental health counseling or behavioral health intervention services, give us a call at 800-531-4236. And if you're a provider seeking play therapy CEUs, you can find us on patreon.com slash you need a training. We'll see you for the next episode Sunday at five.